so this week I was already uh, looking back at pictures from our, our recent family trip to Disney World. And in the iCloud uh, photo library where these pictures are, I also stumbled upon some, some old pictures of when I studied abroad in Spain in college some 15, 15 years ago. And in addition to seeing some, um, some photos of uh, a much younger me and my wife Lauren on our first date, there were also lots of photos of cathedrals. It seems every city that I went to in Spain, I went into a church and took pictures there. Cathedrals, right? Massive, ornate, beautiful churches where everything was strategically designed to cause the worshiper to look in God's direction. The shape of the building, the windows, the stained glass, the the altar, the icons. Cathedrals were designed to be a holy space to orient people to God after the disorientation, perhaps, of the week. One of the great uh, Jewish-American theologians, Abraham Joshua Heschel, described the Sabbath that way. He said that Sabbath is a cathedral in time. Sabbath is a cathedral in time. In other words, if cathedrals are holy spaces designed to orient us toward God, to facilitate an encounter with Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, then Sabbath is a holy time designed to orient us to God and facilitate an encounter with Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Everything about the Sabbath is like a cathedral. It's meant to cause us to look in God's direction. All the more reason then for us, friends, to make sure that we honor God's gift of Sabbath as we begin this year and step into a habit of of this cathedral in time to experience and encounter God and all of God's goodness and grace and to be renewed by God. So two weeks ago, we talked about how Sabbath uh, creates holy time and space for us to remember God's acts of deliverance and to be remembered, as in reconnected, to our identity as God's beloved children. Then last week, Tim shared a wonderful message about how Sabbath is a form of resistance against the forces of productivity and anxiety, and consumption, and exclusion. Today, we continue in our Renew Year series by looking at Sabbath as a time to be recharged and recalibrated. Recharged and recalibrated. Let's pray together. God, open our hearts and minds to your word for us this day. We pray that it would take root there, that it would grow us, and transform us that we might live for you and bear fruit for your kingdom. This we pray through Christ our Lord. Amen. Two scripture passages this morning. First from the Gospel of of Mark, chapter 6, verses 45 through 47. And then from John's Gospel. Listen for God's word. Right then, Jesus made his disciples get into a boat and go ahead to the other side of the lake toward Bethsaida, while he dismissed the crowd. After saying goodbye to them, Jesus went up onto a mountain to pray. Evening came, and the boat was in the middle of the lake, but he 
was alone on the land. Then from John's Gospel, chapter 15, verses 1 through 8. Jesus says, I am the true vine and my father is the vineyard keeper. He removes any of my branches that don't produce fruit and he trims any branch that produces fruit so that it will produce even more fruit. You are already trimmed because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me and I will remain in you. A branch can't produce fruit by itself but must remain in the vine. Likewise, you can't produce fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, then you will produce much fruit. Without me, you can't do anything. If you don't remain in me, you will be like a branch that is thrown out and dries up. Those branches are gathered up, thrown into a fire, and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask for whatever you want, it will be done for you. My Father is glorified when you produce much fruit, and in this way prove that you are my disciples." This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. I am the vine and you are the branches. Abide in me or remain in me. That's what Jesus tells his disciples during kind of a farewell message to them. It's it's near the end of his ministry and and Jesus knows that his, uh, his time on earth is coming to a close. He has promised the gift of the Holy Spirit and anticipates the time when his disciples will be carrying on his mission and ministry. He's already promised them that they will do far greater things than he did. They will bear much fruit. But the far greater things, the fruit, will only come from abiding, from remaining connected to Jesus, they are the branches, not the vine. Their source of strength and power will flow not from the fruit, but from the vine. I mean, biologically speaking, that's how it works, right? The fruit of a tree is the result of the power and nutrients that come from the roots, the vine, the trunk, the stalk. If a fruit is picked, the branch doesn't die. If a branch is cut off from the tree, however, that branch withers away because it's lost its source of life and power. In the first century world of growing grapes, there was an intentional season of abiding for grapevines when the branches would be cut back, pruned for a time of receiving nourishment and rest before the fruit growing season began again. And this is when the branches would gain the strength sufficient enough to be able to sustain and produce the grapes. Friends, if if we're honest with ourselves, we often live as if our source of power and strength comes from what we produce, from what we accomplish, from what we check off our list, from what our kids get to do. We act as if our source of life and power comes from the fruit and not the vine. We go, 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 work, 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 do, 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 without pausing enough to recharge by reconnecting to the vine, the true source of life and power, God. We live, no, we get by, on fumes. Because running on empty, never recharging, 
and experiencing the power that comes from sacred Sabbath time with God is not really living, is it? It's just surviving. It reminds me of a line from a song, a steering wheel don't mean you can drive, a warm body don't mean I'm alive. I want to thrive, not just survive. Busyness and burnout does not equal living. When we're running on empty, on fumes, we know what happens. We don't have the love and the energy and the focus and the patience to live for Jesus. We feel like we have nothing to give. How can we love our neighbor well on empty? How can we lead our kids or our friends closer to Jesus on fumes? How can we make disciples or do justice or love mercy when we're totally gassed? We lash out at our kids or our spouse. We hurry into our house avoiding the conversation with our neighbor. We're filled with feelings of inadequacy or or anxiety. Our bodies literally get sick. We reach for the quick hit of a TV or a phone or a bottle as if those things will recharge us, like grabbing a sugary soda instead of water to quench our thirst. Or we think that we're the vine, and, well, we'll just go at it ourselves with our own power and own strength, and you know what? God will just catch up. Friends, Sabbath is a cathedral in time, allowing us to be recharged by God's own power. It is the chance to abide in Christ to be branches connected to the vine. Servants who can be filled in order to be emptied again. Jesus himself took time to recharge. Think about all the demands on Jesus. Think about all that Jesus accomplished in his ministry. Think about all that Jesus poured out for the sake of others. And as our scripture, first scripture passage showed, Jesus took time to rest and recharge by having intentional time with his heavenly Father. Right after feeding the 5,000, right before walking on the waves, Jesus told his disciples to go on ahead. Jesus dismissed the crowds away. He turned down the noise and the distractions, and he entered into a kind of Sabbath. Goes uh, goes away by himself and prays to his Father in heaven. He spends time abiding. Jesus had these deep, fulfilling moments in prayer with his Father in heaven so that he could be in tune with his Father's will, so that he could be recharged for the tasks of ministry that would confront him. And he finds the strength and he finds the wisdom and he finds the perspective to carry forth what he sees his heavenly father doing. It's like Jesus takes this huge life-giving breath. Sabbath is an intentional time to look back toward the vine instead of toward the fruit or lack thereof. To take a life-giving breath to tap into the power, uh, to recharge from the vine and not try to siphon it from the fruits. Sabbath provides sacred time for abiding and abiding in Christ is what recharges us and gives us energy and perspective and strength and wisdom for
for serving God in the world. But Sabbath isn't just the chance to recharge. It's also the chance to be recalibrated. Recalibrated. If you've ever driven a car, right, you know that sometimes the car gets out of alignment. When that happens, the car has a tendency to veer ever so slightly one way or the other when you simply want to go straight. You might also experience a shake or or a wobble or your tires look more worn on one side than than the other. As a part of normal driving, uh, parts of your car's Suspension may become worn and springs can get stretched out. Even hitting a pothole wrong or bumping up against the curb can disrupt your suspension, knocking, uh, uh, you know, knocking some of the, the highly calibrated components of your car's steering and suspension um, out, off kilter, you know, making your wheels sit in improper angles. When our cars get out of alignment, we take them to a repair shop for them to be realigned or recalibrated. They, they get put on a machine that, that restores the angles to their correct measurements, making sure that your wheels sit straight. Friends, each and every week we live life, and we experience life's ups and downs, bumps, potholes, curbs, and just normal wear and tear, and so we get out of alignment. Our priorities are not calibrated to God's. Our loves get out of order. We veer one direction instead of staying on course with God's mission and vision for for us. We're anxious and afraid. We live like um, we have to prove ourselves, uh, like we need to be in control of every little thing. We look to people and things for goodness and worth. Sometimes I get stretched thin by worries and and stresses, caring too much about what other people think, and or being a perfectionist, and, and I get out of alignment. What, what about you? Or, or sometimes I get discouraged uh, and deflated when I'm on the receiving end of the storms of life, and it feels like God is far away, and I, I get out of alignment. What about you? Or sometimes I'm way too forgetful, forgetting to practice thankfulness, forgetting uh, to pray for others when I should, forgiving to give people my love instead of tasks, and I, I get out of alignment. What about you? Or sometimes I say things out loud or think things in my head that are just flat out hurtful, that aren't holy, that hurt others, and I, I get out of alignment. What about you? Or sometimes I find I'm I'm turned either in the direction of selfish pride, thinking that my own personal happiness and satisfaction is the greatest good, or turned towards guilt, thinking that I'm just not good enough. And I I get out of alignment. What about you? Or sometimes there are kingdom things that I know I should do that I don't because I'm scared or distracted, and I get out of alignment. What about you? We need recalibration. We need realignment. We need retuning, or as the hymn we sang, saying, tune our hearts to sing thy grace, right? We need Sabbath because this is the sacred time for us to be realigned according to God's priorities and direction. When Jesus took Sabbath time away to pray to his Father in heaven, I can only imagine that he received direction and guidance and priorities for the holy tasks of of serving and mission that came before him every single day. Friends, here's the good news. Because of Jesus Christ, we can be and are realigned. 
Jesus, through his death and resurrection, makes it possible for us to be recalibrated again and again and again because he lived his life in perfect alignment with God. And so Sabbath is like the shop where God recalibrates us. It's the time where we can more clearly see God's priorities and God's direction and God's love. When we practice Sabbath, when we have that that intentional pause to orient all of who we are to all of who God is, we become open to God's healing and transformation. We become recalibrated by grace. In the cathedral of the Sabbath, God is great. We don't need to be in control. God is glorious, and so we we don't need to fear anyone. God is good. We don't need to look elsewhere. God is gracious. We don't need to prove ourselves. And so when we practice Sabbath by worshiping with others and singing God's praise and song together, we know that God is at the center, and we find that we are recalibrated. When we practice Sabbath by by hearing the scriptures read and engage them with our hearts and our imaginations, we are reminded that, that this is the story that captivates us, that this is the good news of the God who loves us, who came to redeem us, to tell us who we really are, and we find we're we're recalibrated. When we practice Sabbath by hearing the preached word, which we believe through the power of the Holy Spirit is God's word for us, we're encouraged or convicted to trust or to change or to submit to God's grace, and we are We're recalibrated. When we practice Sabbath by by taking bread and dipping it into the cup, we suddenly know that the creator of food is Jesus Christ himself, the bread of life broken for us, and we taste and see that God is indeed good, and we are recalibrated. We take time away with God to simply be still and to listen and to pray in the silence We know that we are finite creatures dependent on a Father who is closer to us than our next breath, who knows us all by name, who loves us and desires to speak and hear. We are recalibrated. When we spend time with those we love, free of buying and going and doing, we're just savoring one another's company. We're reminded of what really matters and how we're relational creatures that come from a relational God, and we're recalibrated. When we rest outside or take a walk in God's beautiful creation, in the world that God made, we connect creation with creator and are reminded that God cares for all this and for, and for us and is always making things new. And we are recalibrated. And we have our direction, and we have our purpose, and we have our true north. Love God, love your neighbor, make disciples, do justice, love kindness, walk humbly with God. When we enter Sabbath, we get back in alignment. Sabbath. Is it possible to survive without it? I guess so. In the same way it's possible for a plant to survive some days without water, but it's not thriving. It's not flourishing. It's not abundant life. Sabbath is sacred time to rest, to worship, to delight in God and God's creation. Created so that when we truly step into it and embrace it, everything about it causes us to look in God's direction 
facilitates an encounter with Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And so, friends, as we begin this new year, may we experience a renewed year as we allow ourselves to be recharged, recalibrated by Sabbath. That glorious cathedral in time. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.